Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. It's not malicious. I don't want it. So can I just give you some friendly advice? Mm -hmm. Sip it. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And I have to say, tonight on BIP, we finally saw some hyper-intense plays, some hyper-intense reactions. I loved this BIP. Yeah, this BIP, uh, I felt like, was the best one of the season so far. Had some low moments, but overall, we saw a play that we just haven't seen yet this season, coming from a lot of different players. It's 
it's getting down to that point where if you want to stay on sand, you got to make some moves. And people were bringing out moves in droves tonight. I can't wait to cover all that. I know. There's so much play to talk about. And also just like Olivia just taking over the screen for quite some time. Loved that. Yeah, she has been the main character of Paradise for this entire season. And this episode was hers. I mean, she has two guys. She went on the date. Her magnum opus. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful play from her. Um, Mm. And Bachelor, uh, Golden Bachelor was also fantastic tonight. We'll get to that. We finally got to see the pickleball group date, which we were waiting on this whole season. I think I'm going, I think Gary is going to be crushed by this season and I'm also going to be crushed. Yeah, it's it's looking (laughs) like um, I saw somebody do an Instagram reel uh, this comedian, I forget his name, unfortunately, but he basically had this take on it that was like, I can watch 20 year olds not get a rose. They're going to be fine. They'll become influencers and whatever. I cannot watch these 65 year old women not get a rose. Oh, <laughs> it crushes God. me. I know. It's, I know. I, it really feels like they shouldn't even have rose ceremonies. Like, you yeah. should give them all individual benevolent ex- executions. They just let them stay there and think they're still in the show. They just stop seeing him. Uh, no, they should just go straight to um, Golden Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know how, but yeah. they should. No, it's getting uh, it's getting very interesting. And the pickleball, I got to say, from tonight's episode, I want to join a pickleball league. I basically have to play pickleball now after seeing this. It looks super fun. We have to play pickleball. Clues. Yeah. Look, they were so good at it. It's like tennis, but... You don't have to know how to serve, which was always my worst part. Yeah. My only fear of it. Also not being good at tennis. I will say my mom was a collegiate tennis player. I learned a thing or two from her. What? Oh, yes. But uh, It's in your bloodline. I will say I played racquetball competitively for a very long time, and that's how I tore my ACL. Oh. So I do have some fear. Oh, Nancy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this could be how I go down, how I can never walk again for fucking no. pickleball. We'll see. Time will tell. But uh, before we get into the main meat of our show... Well, maybe we should read about how to like protect yourself physically while pickling. Yeah. I mean, also, the flip side of that is these people are in their 60s and 70s. If they can do it, hopefully I can too. I mean, Sandra was out there with two fucking knee replacements. Right. I should be okay. During her daughter's wedding. During her daughter's wedding, doing backflips at the back of the court, crashing into the boards. Uh, We'll get to it. Yeah. (laughs) Throwing... (laughs) herself into <laughs> bodies. Before we get to any of that, we must mention that our Patreon right now is blowing up. It's simply blowing up. There's no other way to put it. We have new content dropping in there almost daily at this point. If you like Love is Blind Season 5, you can go watch all of that now in Clues Corner. Clues is pretty much just live streaming on the Patreon. <laughs> it's getting close to that. As he inhales content. Uh, I'm doing, or I did Love is Blind Season 5. I'm currently doing world's toughest soldier, world's toughest test, world's toughest, softest warrior, world's toughest test on Fox and uh, F-Boy Island season three. All those are going off in Clues Corner right now. Pace Case is doing Vanderpump season one in Pace Case Palapa right now. We've got all of our Digging Deepers, our live shows. Held back by uh, me pouring a glass of water on my laptop and frying it. Oof. So... (laughs) The Palapa will Palapa again next week. Oh, nice. On a brand new computer, probably. But uh, please feel free to check that out. We are, we're at peak pit right now. So just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in the pit and you can get all that stuff right now. But 
Let's do what we came here to do. And back up your computers, everyone. I know you think, oh, it'll never affect me. It could. This is true. I'm talking to you. I back up my computer every week. I'm talking to you, the listener. Oh. <laughs> I thought you looked right at me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you have all the gore files. Back up the computer. Uh, let's do what we came to do, Pace Case. Good, good for you, Clues. Thank you. <laughs> and now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present... Analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right, we're starting out with our Golden Bachelor, of course. This is episode four. And uh, we begin with this drone shot of the mansion. And we see Gary sitting with, uh, I believe it was Ellen, saying, you're going to make me cry. Gary Tear plays. Never thought he'd see this again. And yet he is. And we'll find out what he's going to be talking about. These little uh, intros. This is very similar, actually, to... Obsessed. How YouTube videos, the best practices for YouTube videos are you cut a little piece from within the video and you put it right at the front like a little mini trailer. They're doing that essentially with these episodes. It's brilliant. Very well done. Little taste. Then we open with two little birds sitting on a fountain at Villa de la Vina. And these birds were my... Creature of the week. Two little lovebirds just sitting literally in the waters of our beloved game's most hallowed fountain. That's what they're showing you to start this episode. You drank from that fountain? Uh, I drank from the pool, not the fountain. Thank you very much. Same water system. <laughs> Maybe it's the same water. I bet some birds go in the pool. That's true. Uh, we see Teresa doing some little mansion-free play antics. She is teaching her punching exercise, and she ITM. She was crying her eyes out the other night, and we flash back to her conversation with Kathy. <laughs> Zip it, Kathy. Oh, it's so good. It's immediately, they're right back into this rivalry that we saw last week that was like, oh, shit, it's getting bachelor now. The gold is kind of wearing thin, and now we're just getting straight bachelor play. Beautifully done. And then we see uh, Trista Sutter. It transcends generation. I love it. Uh, it's the the format of the game. It demands this of players. It's beautiful. <laughs> then we see Trista Sutter, the first Bachelorette, <laughs> which, by the way, if you want to see a Clues Corner on Bachelorette Season 1, that's available too, right now. Uh, but we see Trista Sutter entering the mansion. This is legacy. This is the respect that must be given. And it is, to me... Council of Crowns. Indicative of uh, a pre-knowledge almost by the producers that there will be a Golden Bachelorette. That's what it felt like to me. 100%. It's basically making you picture that and saying, remember how we transcended misogyny and did a Bachelorette season two, not just Bachelor after a while? Yeah. They solved misogyny. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, someone calls her the beautiful girl that got me into Bachelor. That was Ellen. Uh, oh, Ellen. Yeah. Ellen. Oh. She called her her role model. That, in my opinion, is a hero player. This is open gameplay speech. Trista then assures everybody that the process works, tells them all to be themselves, and Teresa tells Trista about her first date. Kathy then ITMs. She's getting mad again that Teresa keeps talking about this goddamn date. Kathy can't let it go. Kathy cannot let this go. And you can just see this is what the whole episode is going to be. Kathy can't. Kathy won't. Yeah. 
Uh, Trista drops off the group date card, and it is Ellen, Sandra, Susan, Nancy, April, Teresa, Kathy, Faith, and Leslie Fema gets that one-on-one. She makes a, a face of sheer joy and says, if I stood, I'd fall. And the date card says, let's play pickleball. And in response to not being on the date, but to the activity of the date, Ellen sticks her tongue out and closes one eye in my face play of the game. It was like that kind of, but cuter. Pace case is recreating it here for me on our Zoom. It's mm-hmm. very beautiful. Face play. I love that face play. That is just for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was not my <laughs> face play of the game, but I did like it. Can we take just a moment here to discuss the writing of this group date card? Simply, uh, perfectly stated, let's play pickleball. Now, in the in the Bachelor Bachelorette, not the non-golden variety, all of these group date cards, and even the one-on-one date cards very usually are like... Ominous. Written in some esoteric riddle, exactly, where people have to be like, oh shit, what are we doing? Are we going to be punching each other in the face? Are we going to have to swim with man-eating sharks? Mm-hmm. Here, simply stated, let's play pickleball. This is designed... Solve this riddle to see what kind of date you're on. <laughs> You have to see what kind of trauma is going to be visited upon you. Here, there is no trauma. This is something to be celebrated. They want the reaction that they're getting, especially from uh, Ellen, who's a a pro pickleball player or whatever, captain of her team. We're going to find out later, right? Um, They want this reaction. Everybody's happy. Everybody's excited about this. And it's fucking beautiful. This, This season is just so well done. It's so well produced. Even the small details like this. So Ellen ITMs that this is... She's in her element. She's ready uh, to play pickleball. The women meet Gary and Trista on some pickleball courts. We just get right to it. Gary explains that pickleball is a part of his life and whoever he winds up with is going to have to love pickleball. They bring out a special guest to teach them some pickleball lessons. It's pro tennis player and your next bachelor, Joey Grazia Day. They did not really highlight Joey Grazia Day in this episode, which I feel like was a mistake. I agree 100%. They should have given him a little more screen time, but it was similar to kind of what happened to Caitlin Bristow. They had her on there and she said, you know, one sense or whatever. And this is kind of the the result, I think, of having only an hour. It really makes you realize you can what what you can do on a higher level, I guess, with two hours of media. You can give special guests more screen time. You can pad out conversations and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they will correct that for Golden Bachelorette. I think it's going to get two hours. I mean, it's the highest rated show in the whole Bachelor franchise. They they might have a three-hour premiere of Golden Bachelorette. Do you think that they will do more players then? Or do you think they'll stick with the smaller player pool? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they would kick it up. Time will tell. We're going to find that out, I think, very soon. I think at the end of this season, they will announce a Golden Bachelorette. I don't know when the hell they're going to air that. But uh, Jesus, what if they just roll it right into Golden Bachelorette? There's no off season. And then that goes into Bachelor. I do feel like after this episode, if Ellen isn't the ring winner, she has to be the Bachelorette. I, I feel like there are so many of these players that could be the Golden Bachelorette. Yeah. Anyways. No, they could. I agree. Even even Joan, who's been cut out. I agree. They're all fantastic. See, she got t- a couple billion views on one of her I videos did. this week. I did see it. I don't know. Uh, so they bring out Gracia Day. 
He's there to teach him the pickleball lessons. Kathy ITMs. <laughs> Joey could be my son. And I'm here for Gary. But you always have to have a plan B. <laughs> I love this. Roller <laughs> skates, Kathy. I mean, we all know what happened to Kathy, unfortunately. God damn it, she was funny. This is what you're saying. They need a Bachelor in Paradise with all ages. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Kathy is made for paradise. Bachelor in Paradise, <laughs> plan B. <laughs> I would love to see Kathy and Kat Izzo getting into a conversation. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they should definitely team up. Oh my fucking god! They've both got beautiful cheekbones. Yeah. Uh, Ellen plays pickleball four times a week. I gotta get more active. Oh my god! She's a beast. I'm a lazy piece of shit. Pickleball beast, and she's the captain of a pickleball team. And Susan ITM is not understanding why they call it pickleball. She says it's a game. There's a ball, but I don't see a pickle. Great line. April plays a brilliant IFI as they're doing their um, practice. Did you see this shit? It didn't even look... This is, was Olympiosian. Halfway real. I mean, she just w- kind of almost looked around to make sure nobody was looking and then just kind of laid on the ground. It was uh, hilarious. You don't think this line sounds real? I think I broke my ankle. Everybody go back to what you're doing. No. Not only did the <laughs> line not sound real, it didn't look real to me. Nonetheless, this is the beauty of an IFI. It doesn't have to be real. It achieves the same effect if you play it properly, which she did. Uh, He comes over. Are you okay? And then she ITMs. I'm totally fine. I didn't break my ankle. Winks at the fucking camera. Brilliant IFI here. This would have been my play of the game had it not Mm -hmm. uh, had something else later not happened. I loved watching this. I simply this is Tierra Lacazi level in my opinion. Choose whichever one you want of Tierra Lacazi. Falling down the stairs, hypothermia. Obviously, Tierra Lacazi is her hero player. She saged the Lacazi stairs in this episode. God, I know. The whole mansion, really. We're going to boil it down. But Trista tells them all. They are going to pair up and be in teams of two to play a tournament. And the winning team is featured in In Pickleball Magazine with Gary. And we see all the... All the players come out in these colored tots. DLP, Trista, and Gary are the three judges. And Pinky Dinkies, Picklicious Paddles, etc. DLP references April's IFI when he's wondering whether she's going to be able to perform in the game. (laughs) The broken ankle. He's acting here. Lol. Unreal. (laughs) Empathetic King. He Just in case, she's really hurt. Yeah. He's there for her. Uh, green beats pink. Sandra makes this amazing point, and she knocks into a couple people in the crowd. Who, who knows if they were okay? But they are my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. They were almost mine, except on the very next play, Susan mishits a ball into the audience and it strikes a woman right in the stomach who screams in pain. And this innocent fan of pickleball uh, was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. 
Bystander of the Week. Thank you for your service. Thank you very much. We then hear DLP play a sabbatical uh, slash IFI for Sandra. Says that she's playing with two artificial needs. She's also missing her daughter's wedding. I know. What the fuck? And she has just kept this information from. So you know the producers are like, you got to let Gary know about this. This is what her whole arc is going to be. And we obviously know what that means. If they're telling us that here, it either means she's leaving uh, to go to this wedding or she's going to get a rose. Those are the only two things this means. And we move on. Yes. Uh, Bitch and Kitchen wins. They advance to the next round. We are back at the group date in portion two. Kathy and Ellen versus Sandra and Nancy for all the marbles. The winning team gets to be featured again. They say it in in Pickleball magazine. I found the wording <laughs> of this to be unnecessary. Couldn't they have just said something like, uh, "We're talking about it, though." In Pickleball magazine will feature the winning team. I feel like they said in in on purpose. Right? Is that should I be packing my bags? <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, wait, maybe. What do you mean on purpose? For what purpose? What is this purpose you speak of? So that we're talking about it right now. <laughs> okay, yes, you should pack your bags and then unpack them in Conspiracy Town. You have just taken up residence. It is your permanent home. <laughs> Kathy and Ellen win here and Ellen gets a kiss on the court. So does Kathy. <laughs> That's marketing. And we see some uh, like mocked up shots of what the, the cover of In Pickleball magazine is um, going to look like. It's not a play for time. Uh, it's just a play for kisses, though. And Gary, cheers to leaving it all on the court at the after party. First one-on-one -on -one time goes to Sandra. And Gary goes, someone told me you have a daughter getting married today. Didn't you need to tell me this? And Sandra goes, my daughter said, I've got my guy. I want you to go get yours. And Gary says, I think it would be a great idea to call your daughter. And they do this Grandpa Clues moment where they can't do FaceTime. Grandpa Clues moment. I'm wearing <laughs> fucking Meta Ray-Bans to listen to my iTunes in a pair of glasses and take pictures and live stream video from my goddamn glasses. I, I can handle how to use a, what is it, FaceTime? Or? I saw the glasses. See? Exactly. They were powerful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting used to it. Look, here's the bottom line about it. We're all going to have to be wearing some kind of glasses in the very near future that have AI, AR technology in it, video, live streaming, whatever. We're all going to have to be doing it. I'm just trying to get used to it. The feeling of them on my face. You're getting ahead of it. So just... That's right. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Gary uh, gives him a cheers here on the court. And we get this one-on-one -on -one time with Sandra and Gary. They do this uh, FaceTime. I was just saying you wouldn't know how to work FaceTime. You have a Google phone. But... I think I can figure it out. As Gary and Sandra did to have this early meeting of the family with her daughter. And uh, it goes well. Sandra then ITMs that it was so sweet of him. And he's so full of surprises. Well, it's not him. It's the producers. They've made this decision for you to have this. But think of this. These producers want these players to be happy and have these happy moments. In Bachelor, in in the normal game, I don't think they give you a phone for this shit. Like if your parents were getting married or something, if you're like a 25-year-old kid and you're, one of your parents is getting remarried or renewing their vows or whatever, I don't think they let you talk to them. I don't think they let you do this unless it's like a very serious... Your child. ...thing. 
Yeah. And uh, it just goes to show this was a great moment. When That's a minor. Yeah. I did think this was a great moment. I feel like this was Sandra's third audience game at play this whole date that DLP had all that information that they choose to then highlight this as the plot of the episode. And we see Teresa pull Kathy and we're going to get back into this sweet, sweet (laughs) (laughs) storyline. Teresa wants to make sure everything's good. And Kathy goes, please don't tell me anything going on with you. It makes me anxious at the rose ceremony. You said you were so glad Gary gave you a rose. You said he came to my bedroom and comforted me. This cannot happen again. Teresa says, I never meant anything malicious. I thought everyone would do this. It's like, I mean, we had these dramas in the first few seasons of Bachelor. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> exactly. It feels like players who like don't understand the game uh, quite exactly, but they they kind of do. I don't know. It's, it is very interesting. But yes, yeah. this feels very old school. And it ends with Teresa apologizing and Cassie saying, can I give you some friendly advice? When you want to say shit like that, zip it. And Kathy saying zip it was my error, 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 error of the game. While I enjoyed it so much, Kathy, thank you for this incredible play. I will replay it in my mind until the day I die. But unfortunately, we see what happens as a result of it. You can't have this kind of uh, speech play against another player where it just totally shuts them down because if that gets tattled and we see that it will, you're going to be screwed. And uh, unfortunately... It's hard to come back from zip it, but it's such a good catchphrase and I think we're going to see it on Golden Sand. Yes. (laughs) This guy came in and I was like, zip it. Yeah, exactly. Zip it. Some like, uh, it'll be like Braden Bowers tries to hit on Kathy and she's like, how old are you again? And he's like 30. And she's like, zip it. I'm looking for a real man. And then goes (laughs) to be with the old guys or whatever, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Please put that in the show. Uh, Dorinda on Real Housewives of New York, she had a famous one that was like this, where she would go like that. Yeah. Portion three then begins. One-on-one time, Gary and Ellen now. Gary ITMs that Trista told him to find the woman he can't live without. Clip. That's what she would say. Clip. Oh. Uh, Clip. Clip. (laughs) Gary ITMs that Trista told him to find the woman he can't live without instead of the woman he can live with. And it's affected his entire strategy, essentially. So this knowledge from the first Bachelorette, golden herself in many ways, uh, is now dripping into his mind. She has the most marital longevity of anyone. Yeah. And the entire franchise. She really is the most shining example. Sean Lowe being a, a close second, I believe. But uh, here, he's he's embracing this idea. And we're going to get him saying this multiple times throughout this episode. It really is the theme of the episode. And then we get this one-on-one time with Nancy, um, which is nothing really. Then we get some one-on-one time with Faith. She explains why she didn't kiss him. Uh, she says, though, I feel like you could fit into my life. And Gary ITMs that been an awesome day. He didn't know how it could get any better. And then, of course, we know they're doing their old tricks here. We know that means... I was like, are they really going to show us something better now? Nope. They they still <laughs> undercut us. They still get him to say that line, like, nothing can ruin today. And then, here's the shitty thing. 
One-on-one time with Teresa. I got you. She thanks him for coming into her room the other day, STCOing her. And he asked her about what her thoughts on that whole incident are, including the thing with Kathy, basically. And Teresa explains that she thought everybody could come back from their dates and say how good they're feeling and everybody be supportive of that. And Kathy has been saying from day one that she thinks Teresa is going to be the one. So she thought she could say whatever she wanted about their date because she was her friend and she thinks uh, she made a mistake now in doing that. And then she fucking issues a straight verbatim tattle of the zip it line. Tells Gary, she told me to fucking zip it. You're done. Well, she says snip it. Oh, does she? So I think there was a later conversation where it was like, no, it was zip, not snip. Oh. I don't know. Or I misheard it. Okay. Uh, I thought this was such a good... Um, offensive defensive play for Teresa. It reminded me of Kelsey Weir in pilot Pete mm. season when, or I think it was her where she went to get ahead of the pill. There's something about pills. God, um, it's been so long. This, that early season drama. I remember it had somebody last name. Paul was involved. Victoria Paul. Yeah. Victoria Paul was involved. It's like, you know that person's going to tell on you, so you get get there yeah. first. And this was so wonderfully done and came off very for TRR. Totally. Very impressive play. I agree. Teresa is a strong player. She has now not yeah. only gotten the first one-on-one date and played it flawlessly, she's now just bobbing and weaving. Try to attack me. You'll see what happens. Yeah. You come for the king, you best not miss. Exactly. And uh, Kathy missed big time with her line here, which gets thrown back in her face, essentially. Gary ITM's disappointment at this disturbance, he calls it. Then he pulls Kathy for some one-on-one time and asks her about the interaction with Teresa. Kathy says, hey, I didn't come here to fight. When people talk about their deep connection with you, it feels hurtful. (laughs) Gary brings up... uh, You told her to zip it. (laughs) Yeah, he's like... uh, She said you you told her to zip it. And then she asks, well, can I explain (laughs) what that means to me? I'm sure, I guess. And so she brings up the roast ceremony conversation. You're asking, I'm telling you to zip it. <laughs> she brings up the roast ceremony conversation in the bedroom visit. And Gary explains that he gave Kathy a special rose that he had to pull out of nowhere that very night to like make up for it. And so he's not happy about this rift. And Kathy says, I'm not the villain here. Gary says, thank you. <laughs> if you're saying the phrase, I'm not a villain or I'm not, I'm the, villain, not the villain, you are. You have done it. You never want to hear the word villain come out of a player's mouth mm-hmm. because it will only cast you either as a villain or as somebody who understands the game too well, who knows that this is a TV show. Uh, you never want to say it, in my opinion, unless you're really leaning in, like villains got a vill, something like that. I'm not the villain here. It's just like anything including that word, it's going to get used in the edit somehow. Absolutely. Whether it's about you or someone else. Uh we see uh, Gary then gives out the group date rose for someone who gave up a lot to be here today. Missed a daughter's wedding. Pretty huge. Sandra gets that group date rose. We go out on Kathy's sad face. And that's a wholesome group date rose. I was expecting potentially here for Teresa to get it mm-hmm. uh, just to enrage Kathy even further. And um, for real. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. But they didn't do it. And, you know, I, I expected more out of Kathy, too. I mean, we'll get to it in the end, I guess. Portion four day. 
We get this drone shot of the ground surrounding the mansion. It's going to be our one-on-one. A black SUV is taking Leslie Fiemann to meet Gary in this kind of open, grassy plains of Calabasas. She's standing on this road, and they put in an eagle screech, which I found very nice. They like to do that. Same editors on this show. And Gary rides up on... That's the outback, baby. <laughs> exactly. It's like, if they fucking take a wrong turn out here, they're dead. Buzzards will pick their bones. Uh, Gary rides up on this ATV, and then they get on ATVs, and they ride together. Are they trying to kill Gary? Why are they on this? This motherfucker told us that he used to flip a coin and just ride a motorcycle in a fucking cardinal direction. Uh, this man can handle an ATV. I know, but I just don't... It's, it stresses me out. The gold car with the lights on, it stresses me out. We've seen <laughs> a real ATV crash on the show, so... yeah. That was real. Uh, Leslie kind of plays a little I, I hear. I'm scared, uh, but I know he's got my back. She's really like doing uh, great third audience work on setting up this story. What about his fucking play here where he's in front of her and she's lagging behind because he's going so fast. He notices, pulls off the road, lets her get in front of him. Incredible fucking first audience play. This guy's wow. one of the greatest fucking bachelors we've ever seen. I think that that's also a fourth audience play. Yeah. I mean, it played by the first audience. Oh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. He's he's a beautiful beautiful god. Praise our one god. <laughs> yes, he's my personal god. Back at the mansion, we get this fucking incredible free play antics round of. Uh, they play Never Have I Ever with ice cream, and my mind is blown. This is a, like a scripted scene out of a fucking sitcom. It was hilarious so good jesus it was good and this is the type of shit that i'd love to see more of in bachelor and bachelorette things like this it gives us we haven't seen this in season season seven yes we need to see who the players are when they're just hanging out the gold digger the trish schneider gold digger shirt season five yeah part of the slut shaming came from a group game like this i don't know if it was never have i ever but yeah. It was about how many people you had been with, and then they slut shamed Trish. Yeah. But here, that doesn't happen. Uh, never have I ever kissed no, another woman's beautiful. husband. April. Oh, I have. She's eating the ice cream. <laughs> Had sex in a workplace. April eats again, <gasps> as is Sandra here. She then ITMs that she is lactose intolerant, Sandra. So we're going to see how that plays out a little bit later. Kathy, and an interesting choice here. If you know you're lactose intolerant, this could have been a purposeful IFI, purple, purposeful self poisoning. <gasps> PSP. I didn't even pick up on the lactose intolerant thing. Oh my God. Kathy then says, never have I ever. I love that. If she did this to get a nap, queen. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we then see Kathy saying, never have I ever had sex in the back of a car. She finds out she's the only one who hasn't. April says, never have I ever been with another woman sexually. Susan takes a bite here. Kathy is like, oh, we're going to need another pint of ice cream for Susan. Fucking brilliant line. I'm so sad Kathy's gone. Screaming laughter. She's hilarious. God damn it. Then on the one-on-one, -on -one, Gary and Leslie sit under a tree and talk. She explains her feelings have grown in the last few hours. She says he's funny and sensitive and kind. She wants a true partnership. She explains she doesn't have a good picker. PTC here. She explains she's been divorced twice and has been a single mother. No one had her back until her children grew up. Gary feels the same way, he says, uh, which I didn't quite understand because he did have a wife for most of his life. She says she's adoring that quality in him. And she says she's been single for 22 years. She explains that if this was happening and it wasn't Gary, she would have left. Great play here. She's here because of him. 
We get a kiss. And Gary... I think he meant his kids had his... His adult kids have his back. Yeah, Maybe. that could be. Maybe I just misunderstood that. Gary ITMs the feelings he has for her are uh, warm and affectionate. They cheers to each other's blue eyes. Gary says he loves the way she looks at him. This is gay's play acknowledgement. Uh, just open gameplay speech here. I love this. Yeah, absolutely. The gaze play is, is definitely getting us ready for Joey's season. We see Gary says, the rest of the world is gone when you look at me. <sighs> yeah. That is a powerful gaze. This is just like the Titanic. Then they move to the hot tub. This is The Bachelor after all. And we see uh, Gary has a tattoo on his shoulder. Did you see this? I wrote this. Gary has a tat. Well, of course. Yeah, lion head. Only tatted people do that motorcycle <laughs> north or south. I, I, I have to know what the lion head is. He has a lion. Do you think is he a Leo? I can't believe they're gonna have us see his tattoo and not explain it. What's his sign? Maybe it's his sign. I hope it's his doodle. <laughs> do you know what his his birthday is? I'm looking this up. This is minutia alarm, but I have to know now. Okay. Uh, Leslie easily gets that one-on-one rose uh, and they make out hard in the hot tub. I love that we're seeing this sexy action even in Golden Bachelor. I agree. Did you find it? Not yet. His birthday is harder to find than you might think. Okay, August 7th. What is that? Not Taurus. It's the Leo. He has his Zodiac sign tattooed on his goddamn shoulder. That is this man. That is Gary Turner. That is your God. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, <laughs> so Leslie gets this rose. Are you sure it was a lion? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I rewatched it wow. many times. Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> someone needs to make some astrology plays. Stop. Yeah. I mean, that, that's commitment to it. I would lie. I would say it's, I would say it's whatever is most compatible with it. Yeah, exactly. Portion five begins with an IFI by Sandra. She is sick. I loved this. I mean, I hope she wasn't really sick, but um, we then see we're in bad shape. Nancy has a stress fracture from pickleball. Jesus. Oh, God. And that's where I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should stay off the pickleball courts. Um, that Gary ITMs that they're halfway through the journey and he's going into the cocktail party trying to push and still explore things, letting us know where we are. A little bit of colorful narration there. Teresa gets the first responder drink as he comes in and he tells them all that uh, there's a journey here that's worth pursuing. And he BPs, Bachelor Preferences, Susan. That is a pull by the Bachelor, taking a player of their own free will. They go out by the pool and he gets this one-on-one uh, -on -one time with Susan. And he gives her a kringle. When he pulls her for this one-on-one -on -one time. We see a quick pop of a bee in a flower. This beautiful bee representing hope and uh, new beginnings and fertilization was my... <laughs> Creature of the week. It's also representing... This rose quartz that Gary Kringles to Susan. You have qualities I love, just like Tony. Empathy and strength. And this this makes Susan produce tears. Oh, God. What a golden bachelor. 
I know. Bunch of kisses here for Susan. The producers then send Kathy out to go pull a peeping Tom on this. She comes back in and, and uh, Susan comes back into the room after this. And Kathy's like, what's in the box? And I just wrote, lol. Show me the courts. <laughs> for someone who didn't want to hear any details from Teresa about the date, <laughs> she really is uh, up Susan's ass to see what's in the box here. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Kathy. (laughs) Kathy, you can't have it both ways. Gary then goes to see. Kathy is so entertaining. I, God, I need to see her on something. Oh my God. Give her a show immediately. I don't care what it is. I just, yes, she must come back. Uh, Gary then goes to see Sandra in bed. Kathy ITMs that he's made connections here to everybody. And Ellen is telling the other women that she almost forgot what it feels like to fall in love. And she ITMs that these feelings she hasn't had so long are being reignited. She has to let him know. This is, she doesn't officially load a love level here, but you know one's coming. I mean, it's a love level one loaded. She has feelings. Sure. Uh, We see this one-on-one date between Gary and Ellen. Ellen says, the more I get to know you, you brought out a spark. I didn't realize how much I needed giggling, laughing, kissing. I'm so happy yet apprehensive. I need and want to take a leap of faith and tell you because I don't want to lose this opportunity. I'm falling in love with you, Gary, and it's really hard. And this was my... Play, 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 play of the game. This, she... I mean, all the love levels in this season, I think, are going to be more impactful than any other season. Mm-hmm. But getting the first love level three is so important and giving it this extra um, sacred word defense almost like with like a PTC about like not having this for so long. It's just I mean, I almost cried. Ellen's love level three was also my Play, 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 play of the game. This is historic, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first golden love level three. That may not mean much to some, but it means a lot to me because it's that advancement. And we see what its effect is in this game, which we're watching for the first iteration. It's immediate rose. No way you're going home. It's complete safety. You will make it through the next round. Mm -hmm. Could she have made it through this round without playing it? I don't know. Would it have been as impactful if she was the second or third player to play it? Probably not. No. I think this was really a prime use of it for Ellen. Although, if she would have saved it till next week, it might have gotten her a hometown guarantee. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to say these things, these theoretical... I don't think she's going to have a problem with that. Uh, This love level three made me like... She's got to, we have, we have, we owe her. (laughs) She's got to get ring or crown. Great play. Gary says it's hard. We're in the same place. She goes, you're going to make me cry. He goes, me too. And Gary ITMs, it made me think about the last time I heard these words, wife of 43 years. They both produced tears. And Gary ITMs, when I lost Tony, I thought the world ended, but I'm seeing it and feeling it. Oh my God. I'm just like, I can't handle this show. I know. It's so emotional. Yeah. (laughs) It truly is. That's what makes it good. But it's like, there's nothing malicious in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even Kathy, like I would argue the most malicious of all the players so far, was great. Like super entertaining and hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just don't have like, yes, there are some emotional things, some sad things, but fuck, it's just so well done. 
then we see this this one one time here with Nancy, and she uh, pulls him aside and says, "You know, it seems like you're more passionate with other people. Maybe I'm not in that group. This was an error to me. Not as bad as zip it, but you should never give them the out. Always make them pull the trigger because you never know. The producers might keep you around for another round." Nancy giving Gary the out was my error, 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 error of the game. You never do this. Even if you're out this round, you're going to get a bigger victimization edit when you're not called at the rose ceremony. Then just being like, you're not into me, right? You want the tears. You want the limo exit. Which they do get anyways. Uh, Nancy says goodbye to everybody. A lot of players produce tears here. Gary ITMs that the rose ceremony is weighing on him. There's still these hard decisions to make. He puts Nancy in a car, sends her home, and he ITMs that this is heartbreaking and there's nothing he can do about it. And he produces tears as well. Portion six begins night. The rose ceremony. And all the women produce tears. Yeah, almost everyone here cries. Kathy, Ellen. Ugh. Uh, we start the rose ceremony. The women are already on the risers. We get no walking to it. We don't have time for that in an hour long show or 45 minute long show. Really? Sandra, uh, comes into this with the group date rose. Leslie has the one-on-one rose. There are four roses left on this pedestal. And Gary addresses all the women. He says this week has been quite an emotional roller coaster. A lot of highs, a lot of lows saying goodbye to Nancy was hard. And the roses, uh, have increasing significance as they get further in the stretch. But, all of them has made him a much better man. And he, at some point in here, talks about hometowns are coming up soon. The rose ceremony is first flower, Ellen. That's for that love level three. We see Faith gets number two. Susan gets number three. DLP emerges uh, for the final rose tonight. Dark touch is issued. Mark that down in your scorebooks. And uh, who's going to get the last rose? <laughs> Teresa gets the rose. Ending the brewing rivalry with Kathy. We savored your suffering. And April, gone too soon. We savored your suffering. Uh, I think she had a, a much longer life here in this game. And um, I was sorry to see both of them go, honestly. But we get the Tam Sig hugs all around. And I, I would have loved to see what April and Kathy had to do with two hours, too. Absolutely. Uh, there's so much on the cutting room floor here that we're never going to get to see. April's exit speech is pretty good. It's been a great adventure. No regrets. So ready for love now. It's not over for me, she says. And maybe we'll see you on Paradise. Kathy then gets a walk out. He tells her he hopes he uh, she finds her guy and her true love. She wishes him the same. And then the Kathy exit ITM. I am who I am. And people either like me or they don't. Rejection's not fun. I might burn the house down before I leave. <laughs> she goes out on a fucking zinger. Let's go. Jesus. Gary then ITM's fear at being a week from hometowns. He he never would have imagined that he could get to the intensity of feelings he has. And yet there can be only one. He wants to find the women he can't live without. Cheers to love. Next week, helicopters, fairy tales, tears, Ferris wheels, more love levels, carnival games. May the best girl win. Ellen is looks like she's doing a level of four. Waterfalls, Gary has fallen in love with more than one person sobbing. The only time he's felt worse than this is when his wife died. Uh, I hate to hear that. I know. I, I can't imagine how difficult that is going to be to watch, but it's incredible television. And then we see the tag. April is saging the mansion. Everybody's coughing. She's setting off smoke alarms. Uh, gone too soon, April. Incredible work. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got 
ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
Absolutely. Who was your MVP? For her colorful narration, her IFI through the rose ceremony of illness, for throwing her body into the crowd during the pickleball date, for having DLP play a sabbatical for her to get a private FaceTime with her daughter. Sandra was my M-M-M-M-V-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-
flashback to Aaron being supportive of her poop clock. And we get one-on-one time with Sean and Olivia. Sean says, oh, sorry, Sam and Olivia. She has to talk to the doctor. Um, I love, by the way, the getting up early play. I feel like that is a really advantageous thing to do in this game. I agree. So you are the one who's going to be the STCO for Sam regarding this big plot. Mm -hmm. Um, We see the poop doctor enters and (laughs) he was once again my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Mm. Luckily, I had some others to choose from, and I happily chose them instead. We'll get to them when they appear. Uh, the doctor ITMs that they've tried all their options and nothing worked out the way they wanted it to. Then we see one-on-one time with his doctor and Sam. He's basically going to have to do something more aggressive than laxatives. Sam pulls everybody together for announcement. The doctor thinks I should go home. She's self-eliminating. Thanks, everybody, for being supportive. Hugs all around. Sam says goodbye to Aaron S. They agree they had a connection. They're both sad. And Sam exits with tears. In her exit speech, uh, she essentially just says it's it's so unfair. They're both bummed. She gets in a car and heads out. Portion 2 begins. Aaron not leaving with Sam was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Interesting. Well, fuck, I have two. I have two errors. Do it. (laughs) Okay, I'll get to it. You think he should have left with her? Yeah, support her in the hospital. Go be a couple. What, you're going to stay with this ratio? Yep. I'm going to stay and see what I can do. You never know. You never know what's going to come down those stairs. You just never know. I personally would not have left. I mean, Deanie Babies didn't stay. No, but that was a different thing. You think he's going to fucking marry Sam Jeffries? They could. Yeah. I don't know about all that. Portia <laughs> 2. Day. <laughs> oh, my God. They're not as... Deanie Babies and Kayla Miller Keys were something special. That was like a, a real deal. You could tell. Obviously, they're not going to. He's staying, so he's going to try to date other people. Yeah. As he should, I think. I don't know. Whatever. I, you know, it could be an error. Uh, Portia 2 day. I have one other one that probably should win, so I'm sorry to everyone. I have two other ones, one of which is my error of the game. Um, at any rate, we'll get to all of this. Olivia and PP are talking about Olivia wanting to explore their relationship because he gave her her first ever rose in-game. PP ITMs, there's definitely a romantic connection. Women hold the roses this week. Ten men, seven women. He gets some colorful narration here. The status of Brayden and Kat and Tanner. Brayden then tells a bunch of players that she played him, Kat Izzo, and he ITMs calling her a female praying mantis, calls her a man-eater and says she's hungry. I thought that was all pretty funny. Then John Henry Spurlock shows up, official 22nd sand entrance. He meets DLP at the gates to hell. He tells DLP that he went back to uh, the, his underwater welding job after charity season, and he explains he's nervous and shy. And even DLP's like, oh, God, you're, you're shaking. He says, I hope I see Kylie. And DLP gives him some weird advice. You know what helped me in my football days was getting tackled. You should get tackled. This conversation was so bizarre. Yeah, why you're showing me this, I don't know. I'd rather see almost anything else, but they got to give John Henry some screen time here. DLP gives him a date card. He enters the gates. 
ITMing that he doesn't thrive at talking to girls. Hugs all around. The guys explain in ITMs that they fear his presence because he's so hot and interesting. Every incoming player so far has gotten the same cut. They show up. Oh my God, they're so hot. And then we get 10 mm-hmm. ITMs of people being like, he's hot, he's hot, he's hot, he's hot. I get it. Everybody on the beach is hot. And as soon as they come down, everybody thinks that. I get it. I think even some of this may be uh, the same footage that they just get of the players being like, oh my God, he's <laughs> so hot. Not saying their name. I wouldn't be surprised if Demi Burnett is still in the promos. <laughs> exactly. This needs work, guys. This part needs work. When somebody comes down, I get it. They all think they're hot. I understand that. What would you like them to say? Nothing. Remove this. Give me scenes of people actually talking together about interesting shit. Give me them mm-hmm. fucking eating ice cream and playing Never Have I Ever. Like, that's better than this. I don't care. Talking about aliens. Hey, yes. Sit them down and make them speak about aliens. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Uh, we have John Henry pull a bunch of people. Um, Kylie, Kat, and Olivia. And then we see this conversation with him and Olivia, which I thought was actually interesting. She talks about working in a hospital, going to school. She's mm-hmm. a night one from Zach's season. He says, it was second night, I was really shy, and they bond over this. And uh, they're giving him this very nervous edit. Mm-hmm. Nervous but hot. We see... He picks Olivia. She has a conversation with PP about it. Uh, and PP's like, I'd rather you not go on the date. This is not how you how you do this. P3. Portion three. Uh, he's like, selfishly, I want you to stay. Uh, but Olivia accepts the date. And we see... <laughs> We see PP worried about if she's going to pick him or John Henry at the end of this date. And she says it's her first date ever, Olivia. And they're doing this spa experience massages. And they and these masseuses, massagers. When they walk into this spa for their forced nudity date... They meet two women who instruct them to take off their clothes, and these spa women spirit guides were my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I was so happy to see anyone else in this other than the poop doctor. Thank you, ladies. Uh, it was a pleasure to watch you work. And let this be a lesson to any incoming players. If you want to have the Force Nudity Spa date, all you have to do is do what John Henry's doing. Play like you're nervous around girls and you don't know how to talk to them. If you're a female player, it's the same thing. You just say that about guys. They're going to make you have this date. Mm-hmm. So if you don't... I don't know how to break the touch barrier. Exactly. I get really nervous about... Things like, you know, being in a bathing suit around people. Say that, they'll put you on this fucking date. I don't know if he's playing this nervous thing. I don't know if it's fake or not. If it is, genius. <laughs> uh, we The spirit guides also prank them, make a breakable massage bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sit on the bed and smash it. I laughed out loud at this part. Um, 
They put face masks on each other. They're kind of giving this fool edit to John Henry about Mm -hmm. being so nervous. And Olivia mounts him and gives him a massage after he says he's never had a massage. And I love this, love this play. Mm -hmm. He says it feels so good. He can't even talk. Then he does some aloha play. And so instead of talking, he uh, puts on a deep sea diving mask. And they put Darth Vader breathing sounds over him. Did you hear that? Uh, I know there was some sort of sound they were <laughs> making come from it. Yeah, it's like, where did he get this? Ma- I know that this is his occupation, but the, now they're making him wear the mask. There's a lot we're not yeah. seeing of this date, like why he put that on and how he explained wearing it. <laughs> it's, uh, I would like to see that. You know, that, that episode where they made that guy dress up to play with the horse? And nuzzle it. Yes. You're getting a fool at it when you're taught in and you're... Alex Borojikov, April Lindsay, season 13, wasn't it? Or was it JoJo? It was one of the Alexes. Um, Olivia loves that he's being vulnerable and showing who he is. Um, And they talk about their walls. And he says he's just lo- loves his work and has been working his ass off and lived in Germany and I'm really shy. <laughs> this is great shy style. Yeah. Um, because Olivia is like, I'm pulling stuff out of him. I'm making it fun. And then they make out in the pool. I would argue that this is like hardcore shy style where he's physically like shaking. He's so shy. <laughs> you don't remember Grippo doing that? No. With his shy style? <laughs> Grippo was more of emo shy. This is hardcore shy. In my opinion. Um, anyway, the date goes well. We go into portion four. We do get a casting card here. Loves an ocean ready for a deep dive. Portion four begins day. Guys are playing football as the women watch. This is something they do every season. The men exercising, the women watch. and They talk about their physiques. Uh, they say uh, they rank the men. Tanner, Tyler, Blake, Avon in order of hotness. Then they discuss Tyler's 42 abs. Aaron B. then and Eliza sit next to each other. Uh, he ITMs that it's smooth sailing for him and Eliza. You know, when they have you saying this in an ITM, they're going to fuck you. Braden ITMs that they're the strongest couple on the beach and nothing can come between them. They're going to fuck you. Feet on the path. John Buresh, 23rd Sand. No DLP. John B. shows up with DCNH. That's hand. The women all call him good looking and tell the guys they should be nervous. We we knew that was coming, didn't we? This I think this is the same footage they've used for every guy, literally. He's so hot. The guys should be afraid of him. Uh, we then see he comes down. Aaron B. puts a towel over his head. Yeah. But he pulls Eliza, <laughs> which is hilarious. And I I think produces tears onto the towel. This was a question mark for me on the on the stats. Yeah. No way to know. And Aaron B. is basically, he's been loading this all eggs, one basket for Eliza. It's exclusive on his end. And portion five, we get this date between John and Eliza. I don't know. It's a quick conversation. We cut back to the group shit talking. Rachel Reckia didn't think that Eliza would have gone. By the way, Eliza pulls Aaron to talk to him before this date in such an incredible pivot. Yeah, it really was. I don't know. I somehow I somehow skipped it, but... Eliza's 4TRR pivot for going on this date was my play, 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 play of the game. 
I just think she she is able to like make it to she puts it she couches it in like oh, well it's because I fucked up last year so this is how this yeah. has to go and she keeps putting it on that and it's really it's working she still has air and B when she comes back yeah no it was it was very well done here for her to be able to do this because this is exactly what she did last time and it blew up she's doing essentially the same thing but now puts a different philosophy behind it and it's like great perfect well done <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't argue with her. Yeah, exactly. She comes back, she accepts the date. He's not he's not going to try to date other people while she's gone. Yeah. So then we see Night Falls. Aaron S and Aaron B agree that it's raining dudes here on the beach. Eliza is all dressed for her date, tries to sneak past them. These these producers, these nasty motherfuckers, they make her walk one foot in front of Aaron B's face. So he has to see her. She goes and picks up John B at the bar. They go on their date and Aaron B ITMs that he has more feelings for her than he originally thought. He doesn't want her to go on the date. He then likens her to fig jam on a charcuterie board that he doesn't want anyone else to be eating from. I found this a a very nice monologue from him. (laughs) And uh, we then get this one-on-one date with John B and Eliza dinner at a local restaurant Back on the beach, Aaron B's explaining to Aaron S that she was closed off last year. He kind of uh, tells him the the same philosophy that she had, and he's like, "She has to go, but uh, it, my uh, I'm hurt by this." And he itms that if she goes picks John B, it's going to crush him. On the date, we see they're hitting it off, holding hands, and they do this cutting back and forth from the date going well to Aaron B and Aaron S saying it can't be going well. You got nothing to worry about, dude. They use this editing technique every year, and. Um, Ultimately, it ends with Aaron B. ITMing her exact breakfast order that he knows, a bagel, two (laughs) eggs, and three pieces of bacon while we see her making out with John B. one more time on their date. (laughs) Pretty good. That's a rough one. Pretty good. Yeah. We then (laughs) see... (laughs) He knows her fucking breakfast order. It's it's just so paradise-y. Like, of course he does, because that's... They just wake up and go eat breakfast together and they've done that three times and he's committed it to memory. Yeah, you literally have a routine. Yeah. Um, We get to the next portion. PP and Tanner are talking about John Henry and Olivia. We kind of do the same thing where they're cutting back and forth. PP says, we've been rubbing feet, not kissing yet. (laughs) You gotta be sucking on those toes. I didn't think PP was gonna be... Uh, this is a shy style as well. I didn't perceive him as that. I don't know. Uh, might be part of the master plan. Yeah, exactly. We see Kylie gets the details on the kiss between John Henry and Olivia. And Kylie ITM, she's glowing literally and figuratively. Love this friend glow. It's a double glow. And... PP, while he's walking with Olivia, says, I know some people connect more than others. We don't have to have this conversation. Um, And she is like, yeah, we did hit it off, but I wanted to chat. And she tells him he has sad boy arms, I think. Mm -hmm. And he love level ones. He kind of, it seems like he kind of wanted to go for a kiss here, but they go for a hug. He does go for a kiss, but she gives him the side of her face. Okay, that was an attempt. It, it it seemed like he went for a kiss, in my opinion, as well, and, sh- and he got side of face. Olivia then ITMs that PP is great and understanding. She doesn't know what to do. We then see one-on-one time with John, Henry, and Olivia. She explains she talked to P. 
creepy. And he got in his feels. John Henry grabs her leg and she stops talking immediately. Olivia says she likes him. Love level one. And she likes him a lot. Love level one again. PPITMs that he doesn't feel like they're done. PP pulls her to talk for some more clarity. He ITMs wanting to kiss her. Uh, then we see the one on one time with Olivia and PP. He says her doing her going on the date made him feel more in the feels, and he's wanted to kiss her for two days, but but he's wanted the right moment. He leans in. She says, "Is this the right moment?" And he goes, "I don't know. You tell me." And she goes, "Then go for it." The stutter step into kissing was definitely an error. It was bad. Tough. Nonetheless, he does secure the kiss. He gets it. And Olivia ITM is now having no clue where her head or heart is leaning. She doesn't want to hurt either of them, and she wants them both. She's afraid of making the wrong choice and blowing it up and everything blowing up in her face. Portion seven begins. Uh, it's nighttime. Kylie is telling Avon that she doesn't want to fuck this up by going on a date with anybody. She ITMs a precog that she wants to get engaged to him, and she tells him that she's all exiting him, and if it doesn't work out with uh, them, she's just going to leave paradise. Avon says, there's no one who could show up that would deter me from you. This is a mutual all exiting. It's the first one we've seen, I believe, at least that they've presented in the document. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kissed Seal It's just the first half of the, the quad square that they had planned. Best friends dating best friends. Uh, next up, Wells Adams materializes from the darkness, and he demands everyone come over to, in quote, his bar. I've seen multiple other people at that bar serving drinks without his presence. He tells mm-hmm. them all that everyone always says, I wish I had said certain things when I was in paradise that I wanted to say but was too afraid to say. He then introduces the paradise truth box, and he says it's a little box with a lock on it. You can write down um, anything you want and put it in the box completely anonymously. These are truths, I guess, um, which it turns out that's not what it is. It's just kind of like a suggestion box or a weird who knows what. I mean, this is just a tool for the producers to use pretty obviously. They could just write anything they want on it. Yeah. We see... Sean ITMs, I haven't felt a spark with Rachel Reckia, but my first night conversation with Jess was better. And uh, we have this one-on-one time between Sean and... Just brutal. Jess. Oh, God. (laughs) This is is one of the hardest one-on-one times of this season of Paradise to watch. Yeah. He basically is just trying to pull it out of her. Eh, been waiting to figure out, you know, if there's anything between us. you know, uh, he, he goes, I think you could mention in my life outside of this. I'm not trying to step on toes, but I got to shoot my shot. And she's like, yeah, we did have a good first conversation, but haven't really like talked much since then. <laughs> she says, oh, man, she cares about him and loves him. I'm not like that, like as a friend. So this is not a level of four. She she realizes she said it and then like, no, retracted level of four. Yeah, she, she retracts it. <laughs> It's a friend zone. It's a LL4 to straight to friend zone. Uh, she's like, I love talking to you, even though she's only had that one conversation with him. Uh, she doesn't want to string him along, though. And he asks if she's all eggs Blake. And she says, no, they're, we're open, basically. If somebody else comes down, if there's a connection we want to explore. And he goes, well, would you explore things with other people, just not with me at this point? He's just oh, digging his own God. grave. And she's like, yeah. It just keeps going. I wouldn't get to that point. And... Uh... <laughs> Sean going for Jess before rose ceremony where the women have the roses was my second error, 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 error of the game. 
you don't do this. You don't have the numbers to to fuck around. <laughs> Correct. Also, not only do you not have the numbers, you were with a former crown. Yes. Why would you ever leave? I couldn't agree more. Sean making this completely misguided attempt, shooting a shot from half court, shooting a shot from the other team's baseline uh, in the final moments of the game was my error, 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 error of the game. Couldn't believe you did this. Couldn't believe it. I, I just don't even know what to say about um, how bad of a play this was. And and mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen next week. Somebody's coming down to the beach, blah, blah, blah. But wowee, the one connection you had was with the strongest player on the beach. And now that's gone. And you have no connection with the, the person that you were trying to strike one up with. Absolutely insane. Uh, scoring Rachel Recchia was... No, you have like soft... You have soft launched this idea before and she has basically said no. Exactly. Exactly. It, I I feel like they got to him. They got to him. They got all up in there. I don't... The producers, you mean? Yeah. Uh, how else do you explain this? Why would they have done that, though? Just to shake things up for Recchia? I don't see the benefit for the producers. I mean, it does seem like they hate him. Sean? From the Chirons. That's everybody, though. Seems like they hate Jesse Palmer from the Chiron. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe you're right. But Braden here ITMs that he kind of likes Rachel, but he doesn't want to step on toes. And Blake tells Braden he should shoot his shot with Rekia because Sean shot his shot with Jess. Braden then comes to join Rekia as he ITMs. Uh, he's tired of being a baby back bitch, which was... Did Aaron Beast call him that? Somebody called him that last season, right? Or no, that was from... Season 19, somebody got called Baby Bag Bitch. Do you remember this? This is a, a legacy reference. This is from a prior season. Ethan. Ethan. From what season was that? Tino's being a real Baby Bag Bitch. Yes, <laughs> that's it. So this is a, a reference to Rekia's season, meaning he's watched Rekia's season. There's a deep cut. I love this. I love this, but it's in an ITM, right? Yeah. Just for us. Oh, so good. This is him telling us that he understands legacy. One-on-one time, Rekia and Braden here. Braden asks straight up, what kind of connection do you have with Sean? He's not beating around the bush. He tells her that he's been saying that she likes him, but he's unsure if he wants to pursue anything with her. And Rekia does a full eye and mouth aperture look of shock and disbelief that was almost my face play of the game. This is the moment where she starts to now take over the episode and you are watching her do a face play masterclass. Almost every moment with her is face play, face play, mm-hmm. face play. And this is really where it kind of started. And this... Uh, a signature face play that then Olivia copies in her ITM. Yeah. The side mouth crinkle. Yeah. But this shooting of a shot by Brayden Bowers was my... 
play, 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 play of the game. We're going to see where it leads, but he saw an opening and he took it knowing that he was, uh, like you're saying, the odds are against him right now. As it is with all the guys, there's whatever it was, 10 and 7 or 10 and 5, whatever. Five guys are going home is all I remember. Uh, he knows he's got to do something. He's got to do something quick. And he sees Sean go over there, and he knows he's just trying to run through a brick wall in Jess Garad. That's not going to happen. And now he has the opportunity to turn Rachel Rekia. And indeed, he does it. Rekia then uh, gets completely mad. This was definitely my ru- my runner-up for play of the game. It was just beautifully done, I thought. So good. And if you put those slips in the truth box, even better to make this. I Exactly. It just starts compounding. Ugh. You realize what a genius Braden Bowers is this game. So Sean and Rachel Reckia get in this fight, basically. And she's like, I need a minute. Why are you here when she goes to the bar? And Sean's like, Aaron B is my friend. And so he and Aaron B storm off. And he, Sean ICMs, Braden just fucked me. I'm a dead man walking right now. We cut back to Olivia and Aaron. She's like, I don't know what to do. And she ITMs, I'm the bachelorette. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it was a great play by her there. And she starts uh, starts kind of precogging. I want to go home with one of these people. And we see Eliza and John B. come back. And Eliza checks him there and B and he tells her that he was triggered a little bit. Uh, but he but she tells him, I thought about you the whole time. Or he says, I thought about you the whole time. She says I was still thinking about you the whole time. So he's still he's still waiting in the wings. She's such a good player. Um we see Wells talk to Rachel Reckia, and Reckia's like, this situation is not my fault. Rekia issues during this conversation a flurry of faceplay. It is a storm unlike anything we have seen on this beach yet. And in that flurry, she delivered my face play of the game. For a moment, you can see a full neck extension, full eye aperture, look of anger with gritted teeth. And uh, it was mm. simply a work of art. And I think to me, again, any of her face plays tonight could have could have taken home the, the award. But this one specifically stood out. I kind of forgot what a good face player she was. Yeah, so did I, because we haven't seen her this whole goddamn season. <laughs> Finally, they're putting her in the fucking edit. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. Thank you. This is why she's here. Uh, beautifully done by Rachel Recchia and well-deserved. Back to Sean and Braden. Sean says, I thought we squashed our beef. How do you do that to me? Sean says, I believe in bro code. And I consider you a bro. Anytime you're initiating bro code is a bad thing on Paradise, in my opinion. Um, he says he would never in a million years tell a person uh, what Braden said to potentially fuck him over. And Sean ITMs, there was no reason to do that other than to maybe fight for a rose. The odds are not in my favor right now. I don't have a single connection going into this rose ceremony. And we get a casting thing. Very bland one. Apply to be on the next season of Bachelor Bachelorette. Simple. To the point. I liked it. Portion 9 begins. Morning. Sean is telling John Henry about what happened the night before. He ITMs that five guys are going to go home tonight. Tonight's going to be, he calls it the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. 
nice uh, memory there of a show that's been off the air for some years, but still a great show. Mm-hmm. Night falls quickly. We see time-lapse photography of the sun going down. What we're named after, Game of Roses. Indeed. The players come into the rose ceremony. This used to be a Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> no, it didn't. Did it? I don't remember that. I'm like, Jesus, I'm getting old. I don't remember that. Uh, the players come into the rose ceremony and DLP shows up. He singles out Aaron S. And he says he's sorry Sam had to leave, but he has an update. Sam still has not pooped. There's been no movement. They make him do a, a further pun on top of it. This was messed up that they had him do this. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's over. The story's over. And I, I was thankful that they got rid of it in one segment up top. And Me that's too. it. Portion one. And then we're out. Fine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. They could have dragged that on for a long ass time. Uh, he kind of introduces, this is Wells's way of jump-starting relationships with this truth box. And we cut to, now Wells is having a meeting downstairs at the bu- at his bar. Uh, he says, I'm going to read a couple juicy ones to start the night. Uh, stop serving half shots of tequila. Really? How is that a truth? How is that a truth? Hilarious. I didn't understand any of this. So funny. I thought it was supposed to be a truth about somebody that nobody wants to say. This is a suggestion. Brayden and Rachel should make out. Also a suggestion. Now, this is where we hear this for the first time, and it is later revealed that possibly Brayden stuffed the ballot box with this suggestion a million times. If that is true, uh, genius. Absolute Mm -hmm. genius. And if it's the producers, still great play to have that kind of... uh, Genius. (laughs) Third audience favor. Whoever did it, great play. (laughs) Raise your hand if you have an uncircumcised penis... Found that to be strange. Uh, John B says... And John Beresh raises his hand. Extra few <laughs> millimeters. Wells, every inch counts. And then Aaron S says, I want to interrupt you. I'm going to open this thing up. And he ITMs, if it's my last go, if it's my last night, I'm going home. Guns blazing. Puts two middle fingers up. And he reads these truths. Reads these truths. He smashes the fucking box on the ground like the Incredible Hulk. Now, this is clearly producer forced, right? The producers told him, you have to smash this box on the ground and we'll figure out a way to keep you. We'll try to. Like, what is he doing? I would, you would never think that you could smash it unless you were told this by producers, I think. And I agree. It's so weird because it just kind of undermined what Wells was doing. Yeah, exactly. Like he was able to, he was reading them, but now it needs to be smashed. Well, how did he get the ones out of it that were, was this cut out of order? Like, I, I don't know. The truth box was not done well. I, I don't know. But this moment did create some amazing face plays from people reacting. Hmm. And one of those was Kylie. She did full eye and mouth aperture into a closed mouth puffed, puffed cheek. Full eye aperture grimace. Mm. That was my face play of the game. Aaron starts reading these truths, and after fighting with Wells about who's going to read them, uh, they're all about Cat being a villain. Tanner should watch out for Cat. Cat says, This is fucking stupid. I don't think. Cat is looking out for Jess like she thinks. And then we get Cat <laughs> played Braden is also one. Uh Braden and Rachel Recchia should make out. 
And Brayden pulls Rachel Recchia from this mess. Extraordinary. Absolutely unbelievable. And they sit down. He immediately is like, Cat is fucking rearview mirror. Not upset about that at all. And Brayden says, uh, you know, everybody's saying we should make out. I guess we should give the people what they want. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Just that quick. This man, I mean, what we watched him do tonight is a work of paradise art. Stealing a bachelorette from somebody who has had her basically from day one. Her and Sean were in whatever you want to consider that, a couple, whatever. They were together. They weren't going on dates with other people. They were telling other people that they were together. If they talked to them at all, they had been kind of uh, isolated completely from the narrative or the rest of the players. He somehow managed to do a surgical strike and, and just switch it out. Mm-hmm. Boom. Done. Unreal. Unfucking real the level of skill that takes. With all of these flourishes, too, that he's adding in the truth box and... yeah. He's kind of the one who's tattling in the first place. Um, we see Kat check in with Tanner, and he's like, well, you know, Brayden just feels blindsided. He told me to be careful that you're doing a complete 180. Kat, his opinion is just false. And they zoom in and stroke on her, or they zoom in and focus on her stroking her hair, mm-hmm. which is just like trying. They're just, they are really trying to make her look as bad as possible, like a Disney oh, villain. What they do next, she, they have her basically yelling and they even make a whole thing out of it that, you know, she's talking about basically in an ITM. The producers have her up doing an ITM in one of the upstairs bungalow type things, but it overlooks the whole beach where everybody else is. And uh, we see her uh, saying, Tanner should get his shit together and the men should be more mature. And then we see Kat uh, and Aaron S has a little conversation about her cutting Braden out. And then Kat doesn't think she should have to talk to him. Kat then ITMs that she doesn't care about what the weird men on this beach think of her. Aaron S and Kat again in their one-on-one time, Aaron S says he doesn't want to serve a tennis ball up to her. So he's leaving the conversation. Kat then is ITM screaming, go hang out with the fucking crabs. There's a reason you're single at 33 to Aaron S. We can then cut to that as an error. The other. Yes. The other players can hear her screaming from this ITM vantage point. She's getting a massive villain edit here, and her losing control like this uh, was definitely an error. Huge. This is the Mm -hmm. biggest villain edit we've seen so far this entire season. Yeah. We see Rachel Recchia and Brayden discuss wearing each other's pasties. We see them making out more. But even in that, even in the discussion of the pasties, He's like, oh, yeah, my sister's had pasties. I was like, what are those? And I wore them. And she's like, what? I have some. He goes, bring them down tomorrow. I'll put them on. And she goes, tomorrow, huh? And he's like, oh, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. She even called him. This is game recognizing game. He's like, bring them down tomorrow. And she's like, motherfucker, please. You know who you're talking to? Yeah. Like, you can't just slip that word in on me. And he's like, ah, sorry. Mm -hmm. And he has to step it off, getting ahead of myself. But they both appreciate the game and they kiss as a result here. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. I literally, from this episode, I know last episode was maybe was horrible, but this one was so good. And I started shipping I both Olivia and John Henry and Braden and Rachel Recchia. Same. It just made me remember like how good Rachel Recchia is as a player. Like mm-hmm. I know it's season 19 of their of Bachelorette was a fucking disaster. We all know that. I feel very bad for everything she had to go through. 
Season 26 of Bachelor. Don't forget what a fucking crazy season that was. Roaster Mary mm-hmm. from Hell. She was in the fucking Roaster Mary from Hell. She survived it. She played all the way to it and survived it. Like, that takes a very special player. Those top three players of Eckerd's season are like, mm-hmm. those are special players, all three of them. No, I agree. And Rachel Rahia's first audience game was so good. It was... Yeah. Yeah. We see other couples are making out. Kylie and Avon. We see John B. Pull Eliza. You check so many boxes. You're making it tough, Eliza says. And we see John B. just say, I'm hoping I can outcompete Aaron B. Yeah. Just open, open gameplay. Immediately cut to... Aaron B has surprised Eliza with a bunch of rose petals thrown around and uh, they make out. He loads an all eggs, one basket for Eliza. We have John B loaded all eggs, one basket for Eliza. We cut to more couples making out. Sean ITMs, he's at an all time low and he's drinking tequila. <laughs> he plays a sabbatical and says he lost his job to come to sand and he's hoping for a miracle, praying to the paradise gods. And they've kept this in the edit. What they kept what in the edit? That he's praying to the paradise gods, and they also pay it off. <laughs> yeah, and then they show a paradise god shoots a golden beam of light onto the sand mm-hmm. to deliver somebody, and we see uh, legs walking down the beach. They literally put a giant graphic of a ray from heaven shining onto the beach, an ethereal golden light, and delivering this angel potentially for Sean or who knows who. Next week on BIP, we cliffhang here. Uh, whoever the new player is shows up. Brayden and Rekia um, are... I just have Brayden and Rekia pain each other. Oh, paint each other. <laughs> I wrote pain each other. I was like, what else does that mean? Olivia's licking a finger. We see lap dances, twerking, love triangles. Cat is his birthday. Davia shows up. Tanner goes on a date with her on Cat is his birthday. Cat tears. Cat throws her birthday cake in the ocean. They're telling us too many. I don't want to see who they pick to go on dates. I know. If you're going to show me that, then don't show me like them interviewing people to go on the dates. I totally don't get that. It's like, it would be like if you had, you know, footage of tomorrow's baseball game and it's like, you just show all of the home runs. Just like, here's a 15 second clip of all the home runs, but watch the game tomorrow. What? Why would you do this? It's fucking crazy. All they should have shown from tonight's episode was that Rachel Recchia pissed clip. I agree. That's all you had to show. Yes, exactly. That's it. That's the whole thing. Then we get this tag and we see Coco the dog one more time. Takes Jess Gerard's shoe and runs all over the beach with a vague kind of so Benny Hill much. style score behind it. it went Coco on for was so mine. Long. It was delightful. I agree. That's why Coco was mine. <laughs> Creature of the week. Coco was also my <laughs> Creature of the week. And who was your MVP, Pace Case? For... Her date mount for her colorful narration for her extraordinary bachelorette play, Olivia was my M M M M V P. Hmm. Interesting. 
who's who is yours i think olivia will probably i don't know who's going to be mine seasonally so far she's in the lead for that but she did not win it this week for his unbelievable table turner against sean mclaughlin to take his rightful place beside rachel reckia the greatest player on sand this season Braden bowers was my M M M M M V P. I mean, that guy impressed the living shit out of me in Charity Lawson season, and what he is doing here on Paradise does not disappoint. I was uh, a little sad when he he kind of all eggs Cat Izzo in the beginning, but he has now turned a victimization play out of that relationship into potentially a front runner now on paradise with the biggest player on paradise. This is a absolutely brilliant play done by him tonight. And I can't wait to see how it plays out in the following week. Me too. I, I think focus on the Braden, Rachel Reckia relationship. That will be so much more interesting than the Sean, Rachel Reckia. I agree. Relationship. I hope that is what they are going to do. But that wraps it up. That is Golden Bachelor and BIP Season 9, Week 4, or Episode 4, I should say, of both of those programs. We hope you have enjoyed it. And uh, like we said, check out that Patreon. There's a lot of stuff popping off in there, and there's more all the time. I think my <laughs> second episode of F-Boy should be up soon. No one is calling it a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> this is simply what the pit is. It's simply what the pit is. There's no cries for help. Everyone is fine over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody okay. Don't need to divert things. Uh, but before we go, as always, patreon.com slash game of roses. That's right. That's where it's at. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,879 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 